0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Unlimited Horizons, the podcast by the International Association of Women. My name is Megan Bizzuto. I am your host today and so excited to have another amazing guest lined up. We have Lexi B joining us today. Lexi is a professional storyteller, a thought leader, and self-proclaimed freedom fighter. Lexi has a super powerful message. She's built an amazing career in tech, a community for Black women in tech, and I'm really happy to have her here today. Lexi, welcome. Thank you for joining me today on the podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and I really want you to to talk through what does it mean to you to be a freedom fighter?
1: Yeah, so first and foremost, thank you for having me, and I do want to take this time to celebrate you and Megan all that you do and what you've done for women all around the world um, of all different um, ethnicities and identities. And so I just want to put that out there. You are Jim gem and I'm honored to be here with you. Um, so you. yes, my name is Lexi B and I'm the founder of Sista Circle Black Women in Tech, which is a 14,000 plus organization online for Black women in the tech industry or tech adjacent space. Um, we have people all over the world who are doing phenomenal things and our organization really is a solidarity group. I like to call it the Underground Railroad. For black women to have real conversations, brave conversations and safe spaces so we can support each other in this corporate tech journey. As a freedom fighter, um, as a leader in the tech space, I have given myself the title freedom fighter because I think it's very important for me to be a freedom fighter for everyone that I work with, regardless of color, creed or food that your mom made when you were, when you were little. And I hope that the more people in any corporate or professional space, the more that all of us actually step into our freedom fighting tools and freedom fighting hood, if you will, the more equitable professional journeys will be. Uh, That's, that's my hope. And so if I'm going to hope for that, then I need to, to walk
0: in that and be very militant and revolutionary about that. I love that. And I, I, you've, you've spoken on our platforms before and I, I love how authentic you show up in that space and, and talking through what is privilege and, and how privilege helps us and, and how we can use our privilege to help others. And I think there's, there's powerful messages in that. Um, one of the things that you shared with us, empowerment comes from within, be the mentor that you needed and wanted to your younger self. Yeah, yeah. How does that play out for you? I think when I,
1: when, when I look back at, you know, Lexi B is a child, a little girl, a teenager, a college student, a new college grad, etc. There's all these moments where I just have these memories of thinking in real time. I wish somebody would treat me like X, mm-hmm. right? I wish, you know, as a child, um, and I was bullied a lot, I wish somebody would stand up to the bully that's that's bullying me because even though I definitely had the tools, um, I was the kid that was bullied but would definitely fight back. Even <laughs> this, even the strong kid who can fight back, always wants that person to 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 fight with them. And so that that has definitely stayed with me in my career. Um, you know, I remember being 22 and working at my first company, which happened to be a tech company, and being in rooms and and wishing somebody would say, "Lexi, do you want to do that?" Um, when wishing somebody, when someone said, Oh, we have this really cool presentation who wants to present to the CEO, and wishing somebody would just call out my name, right? Instead of mm-hmm. me having to, to fight for it. And so I always tell people, Yeah, we can sit here and we can tell people, fight for your career and like, you know, put your name in the hat and that kind of thing. That's true. And, and you should be doing that, by the way. But there's something very phenomenal and encouraging and freedom-finding life for someone to also kind of link up with you and support you in that journey. So as I mentor, as I lead, as I do my day job, as I advise, as I sponsor, I'm always sitting there and thinking, what would I want some someone to do for me in this moment? Um, and the first and foremost thing is I say, I want someone to ask me, how can I help you?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Don't- Such don't, a simple- <laughs> Simple so question, simple, right? <laughs> so don't, I always tell folks, do not treat people how you want to be treated. Treat them how they want to be treated. Absolutely. And that's what I want people to know. So as you progress in your career, as you walk around, it's not about how do you want to be treated? It's just like pulling someone aside and saying, okay, Megan, so how can I just help you in this moment? Mm-hmm. And then whatever ask that, mes- that that Megan presents, figure out, okay, so can I actually do that? Um, and if I can't, do I know someone who can, um, and if I can't do that, can I offer Megan an alternative and say, so I can't do that, but how about this? And what is that? What does that look
0: like? Yeah. Yeah. So how do you create a safe space where people will put it all out there? Right. Because I can say, Lexi, what do you need? How can I support you? But (laughs) if you don't feel comfortable in this space, you might, you might not give me the truth. You might put out a simple, Hey, I just need coffee today. Right. There might there's likely an underlying really big ask or something big that I can do for you that may not even require that much energy or attention from me. But how do we create that, that safe zone where we really get the true, the authentic, the big ask instead of the, the fluffy things that aren't really going to move the mark?
1: Yeah. Um, so I think it's twofold. First of all, the most powerful person in the room should always be asking how can I help you? And so mm-hmm. because you have the privilege of being the most powerful person in this possible engagement, whether it's multiple people or just one-on-one, you have to understand that you have to give people time. Uh, <coughs> safety. It, it, it's interesting to me how you'll have people, leaders, they, they act in unsafe ways, but then expect people to feel safe around. That, so yeah. this is a great question because It is a lot harder than just, hey, Megan, what can I do for you? It's a matter of a leader, a person in power on the first day they meet you to start building these very small bricks of trust and safety with you. So whether it's, hey, I want to have a one-on-one with you and in the one-on-one not talk about work. Do you know how many one-on-ones I have and I don't talk about work? Mm -hmm. Which is weird to me because I personally think those are more productive than the ones that I actually talk about work. Right. Right. Um, And so I'm always very big on I want to build a relationship with you from day one, because fun fact, the work can actually wait. If I can build a relationship with you, if I can learn why you're here, if I can learn what do you actually need from me in this opportunity in the next 18 months, then I think there's ways that we can both get what we want. Um, If I can make you feel safe. So when you start doing the work, you know that you can come to me when something's just not right, that actually makes my job easier. And so I think it's important that when you have the power of privilege in the room, when you are the leader in the room, whether it's by title or action, because we all know there are plenty of leaders who don't have the title, but actually run everything. Um, What does it look like for them to really take on that crown and take on that hat? And part of that is saying, I'm here to create these moments of safety. It is difficult but that's what privilege is. If you have the privilege of being leader in the room, understand that it's going to be difficult because the people right. that you're talking to and that you're working with, you don't know what kind of trauma.
0: Absolutely. Either. You have exactly no,
1: what kind of trauma. So you'll have that one person that walks in and is like, be my best friend, right? On the first day. And you have another person that's like, I don't know, you like that. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna have to ease into this. And that is the the blessing and the curse of being the leader in the room. And so, you know, I'm always telling people, if you're the leader in the room, I really don't want to hear your excuses of why this is hard. Just get it done. And if that person is not going to talk to you on day one, that's fine. You're going to keep, you're going to keep going because at some point
0: they, they will talk to you. Right. Right. I love that though. The, the giving it time, right. It's day one, day one, likely you're not going to have the open relationship, but Mm. when you get to know people and, and it's similar we talk about this with networking as well, right? You, you have to build relationships. It's not just, oh, hi, Lexi. It's nice to meet you. Can you do this for me? Yeah. <laughs> like you, you, have to, you have to understand what people need and who people are and where they come from before you can, you can get comfortable with making asks and knowing how you can support each other. And I think that plays out in relationships in the workplace as well, where as a, as a leader, I, I want to know what's going on at home because you're not going to bring your best self and I don't have to know everything. Right. Right. But if, if you have three kids at home and school just shut down and I know you have your three kids at home, that's, that's going to weigh in how I know who we're going to show up on meetings or when we're going to get work done. And I think that having that understanding of, Hey, I, everyone, everyone has lives outside of work. Right. And all these things intersect and and overlap with each other. And we can't expect you to just turn off that part of your life and come into the workplace and get a job done. Like, I think that we have to have more awareness and understanding of the whole person.
1: Um, Yeah, and to add to that, you know, people always say that business is not emotional, which I think is very interesting because I'm very emotional when it comes to my paycheck. So business mm -hmm. is like intrinsically emotion. I would argue that- Corporate stuff and capitalism is a hundred percent based on emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for us to continue this narrative that we can't bring empathy and we can't bring active listening and we can't bring emotion to the workplace is actually counterproductive.
0: Right. Because right. it's
1: very emotional. It's very right. emotional. And granted, when I walk into work, my, my home life should not influenced my work life. Yeah, that's great. We can, we can say that, um, but it definitely is going to. So you're going to get the best out of me when you can bring empathy into the workplace, when you can bring flexibility into the workplace, when you as my manager or my leader, I'm not saying to, you know, get me off the hook for not doing my job because of empathy, but bringing empathy and saying, okay, so because of A, B, and C that's going on right now, how can I support you in still getting this done?
0: We're going to take a quick break to talk about the International Association of Women. We talk a lot about the challenges women face, and we know that the best way to overcome challenges is with a supportive community by your side. The International Association of Women is here to support you throughout your professional journey. No matter where you're at in your career or business, IAW has the resources, tools, programming, and events to help you make progress towards your goals. This includes frequent networking events where you can show up authentically and share your ask with the community, a resource library filled with ebooks and templates, and monthly workshops and webinars that are geared towards helping you maximize your potential. Visit www.iawomen.com to learn more about the IAW community and how IAW will help you fast track your success. All right, let's get back to the show.
1: Right, well, right. If that means that the deadline is moved by a few hours, great. If that means that I have to move the meeting to early tomorrow morning, fine. And I think that there's this, this idea and this narrative that empathy equals excuses. And I'm like, no, empathy just means how can we get this? You You
0: tell me how we can right. get. That. How we, yeah, yeah. I understand. I understand that there's a lot going on. I understand where you're at. We still have to get this done. So let's talk about the best way to do that. Talk about the best way to do it right right now. If the best way is
1: you can't do this right now and go find someone else, great. If the best way is Lexi, give me four more hours, great. You know, if if the best thing is I need to get off this computer and handle ABC, but I'll be back at three and we got this, great. The stuff still gets done. And so we need to make that empathy. Having empathy is not the absence of quality of work. Empathy yep. just says, let's find a very creative way to get to
0: the quality of work. Yeah. Do you think that empathy is a, is a trait that women master more than men? Like there, there's yes. a lot of conversation about women in leadership, right? And why women need a place at the table and the, the unique skills that women bring to these conversations.
1: Yes, I do. And I think it's because women, and this is speaking very generally, because every woman is different. Women is not a monolith, folks. Um, I think that women and the position that the patriarchy has placed us in society is when you look at that historical placement that has been forced upon us, Mm -hmm. women naturally have to have empathy, right? Because historically, women are the child caregivers. If there is one Living organism on this planet that has to have empathy and patience twenty four seven. It is a child. It mm-hmm. is a child because mm-hmm. they do not know what they do, and so I do think that women, for that and other reasons, and generally speaking, we have this natural empathetic thing. Women are phenomenal active listeners, yep. right? Women are also very creative in the way of okay, so we can't do it this way, but it still has to get done, so we're gonna do it this way. Um, yep. I think my concern for women is that I've also seen, we have to be honest, a lot of women moving up in their career. And because empathy is considered the absence of manhood, then they are a hundred percent closing the door on their empathetic natural skills because they're trying to align themselves closer to the men that are in the room. Because right. there are no women in the room that say, yo, you could, but you having that is your superpower. And so mm-hmm. I want All women to know as they climb whatever they're climbing for that that professional dream that empathy is actually your superpower and people telling you to lose it those are people that are actually oppressing you more right? We need women in the room that are very vocally um, and publicly empathetic. So Mm -hmm. other women that are younger with less experience can see that and say, I can actually get to that top with it. Because fun fact, I know a lot of empathetic men who are very rich and very powerful. Mm -hmm. They do not show it publicly, but I've Mm -hmm. been in groups where I have seen these private moments of empathy for their fellow man, for their bro on the golf course right? At that one (laughs) dinner that no one knows about that's happening, but then the next morning, somehow everything is already planned out. Yep. Whatever reason there's this PR narrative that you can't have empathy, but I see it all the time with Mm -hmm. men and their peers. So why can't we as women bring that out more? And I just want to make sure that we're calling that out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now talking about in the workplace, I like to get real on examples of, yeah, how do we do that? How do we empower people? How do we actually show up as a freedom fighter in our day-to-day work? So can you give a couple of examples of like in, in the meetings or in the rooms or in the conversations of, of things we can be doing every day, small things, big things, any kind of action that's going to, to help the other person get ahead?
1: Yeah. So the one, one, one very thing that I do that I actually just did is that the first Friday of every month, I actually cancel my day. I don't have any meetings or sometimes I do, but the point is <laughs> very clear. be very honest. Sometimes it doesn't work out. <laughs> I spend that week that that whole day writing gratitude emails. As I call them. I always tell people that the best compliment in the corporate setting is for you to get more coin. How to do that, as we know, is for you, you, your manager and director to know me or anyone else, how phenomenal you are. So I mm-hmm. literally have this Google spreadsheet that I use throughout my month. So we are in a new month. This is, you know, this is July. And throughout the month, I actually take notes. So people who are doing things that I'm like, that is phenomenal, um, small or big, yep. especially people who I think don't get the credit that they deserve. I feel like I'm um, in the work that I do. We have a lot of phenomenal people that when things aren't going well, they're kind of in the background fixing it. Mm-hmm. And of course, nobody takes time to go. Thank you. Like literally, if you didn't do that, this would have gone completely horrific. Yep. And I literally take notes all month long. The mm-hmm. first Friday every month, I spend my morning with my cup of coffee um, and usually an Erica Badu Spotify list. And I go through those, my notes, and I write an email to their manager and their director. Um, and then sometimes it. their director's manager. I always try to find someone in the chain that I know and as high as possible. And I go into great detail about why I am applauding you and giving you gratitude. I actually mm-hmm. use terminology that is on the packet for promotion.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I do that intentionally. I'm not doing this to tell you you're great. And if that's why you think, then we need to level your confidence up. Yep. You don't need me to tell you you're great. Yep. You need me to tell the person who supports your paycheck that you're great. And you need me to use terminology that we all know supports the track for promotion or at least a little bit more coin. I do that every single Friday. And then on top of it, every time that I do it, I then on the back end, email or message the person and I'll say, hey, check your email and I need you to screenshot that for your review. Yep. Because that's why I'm doing it. Right. 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 And I I always tell people that I don't want you to take that email as like, oh my gosh, Lexi likes me. You actually don't need me to like you. (laughs) I need you to take that email and understand what I'm actually trying to do. Um, and so like things like that, I do that every single month on a, on a Friday, um, every other Wednesday, my day is full of one-on-ones to get to know people because I'm always like, how can I help you? Yep. Tell me how I can help you. Um, and so things like that. And so those little moments I think are actually very impactful, um, in a work setting, figure out how to help. allow people to know that you're there to help. If any small thing, as small as like, Lexi, can you ping this one person because they're not responding mm-hmm. all the way to like? I actually need you to give me resources for this thing, and then also writing down that gratitude for their promos,
0: right? Yeah. Right. I I love the the gratitude notes and the the it's You're not doing it for that person, right? Yeah. It's not it's not meant to say, Hey, Lexi, you did a great job. It's to get the awareness up the chain, and this is something. I have a corporate background and this, like, I wish I had Alexi B in my path when I was just out of school working for IBM and really struggling with how do I get noticed? How do I get like, like, I know my team thinks I'm doing great, but I need, I need all these people up here to see it as well. And it's hard. <laughs> so I love, I love that you're, you're making that, that point of let me show everybody in the chain that you deserve, you deserve more. You deserve the credit for this. And we're going to help get you your next job. We're going to help you get promoted.
1: Yeah. And the um, highlight back into that is that it doesn't take me a lot of time. And there's mm-hmm. the privilege aspect of it. So, okay, yep. cool. I'm in this privilege of power. Um, in this yep. situation, maybe I am a leader in the room. In the situation, to be frank with you, I'm not. But because of my personality, I just have no problem emailing anyone. And there's a privilege in that. And I know there's a privilege in that. So I'm taking three minutes of my privilege and just shining it on you. It takes me three minutes per email. I have a template, y'all. It's very simple, (laughs) right? It takes me two seconds to go on my company's internal server to see who's your manager. And Mm -hmm. so let's make a total of this six minutes per thing. Six minutes of my life to make sure that your director or your director's manager knows that what you did that I noticed was phenomenal and to know that that could possibly be the impetus of a promotion, of a new opportunity for you to be in the room with those senior leaders, an opportunity for you to be able to have language on why you're phenomenal. Because especially as women, I think sometimes we don't have the language until someone tells us the language. And Mm -hmm. so whatever, whatever angle you get from me
0: doing six minutes of privilege work that's all that I care. About. That's all. Yeah. No, and and what a what a great. So for me, when I talk about supporting others and empowering others, like I get so much satisfaction out of seeing other people rise up. Out, out of seeing like if I if I can spend 6 minutes to do something that that benefits you and then I see you get the promotion or get a raise or get recognized or just even just seeing your leadership team acknowledge the work you've done, that makes me feel so good. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. and, and so the seeing that, okay, I have the privilege of having this voice of having this, this system in place of being able to do this and using my voice to help empower you. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's going to help us all. Right. I think the setting that example of this is how you, this is, this is how you, you help others get ahead. I think is fantastic because then they're going to take it and say, Oh, well, Lexi does this. I should do this too. I should see how I can use my, my voice, my privilege to help others get ahead. I hope so. That's the goal. uh, I always tell people like, just
1: copy what I did to somebody else. Right. Um, Because I I want that because that is, that is something that Lexi B really wanted in her twenties.
0: Yep. Yeah. So for that yeah <laughs> I would have loved to have that in my <laughs> Right? <laughs> like oh, if we man. could go back to our 20 year old selves and girl and, and a pep girl. talk and yes all yeah, oh, the things that the, the happy hour that would
1: be yes if there was a way that like I Lexi B could go back to like Lexi B at 22 I'd be like oh. let's go grab a drink oh uh, the things uh, we would talk about <laughs> she would be let me tell you she would be phenomenal at 28 she would just be ruling the world yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. absolutely <laughs> absolutely Um, so one of the things that you shared with us in terms of challenges, so you say there are many, there are many ways to advocate for women in the workplace. My biggest challenges that I still face is what type of advocacy I bring to every room in order to get the best results. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's true. I think that, um, I think that we, we throw the word advocacy around a lot. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: There's ways to advocate. So in my, um, My Everyone is a freedom-fighting talk I I always talk about, and I use the Civil Rights Movement as an example because I think that the Civil Rights Movement in America in the 50s and 60s and early 70s um, is so publicized that it's an easy symbol. Mm -hmm. Advocacy, different levels of advocacy come up in that movement all the time. You have the MLKs of the world. You have the poster children of the world, the Nelson Mandelas of the world, you know, the people whose names are going to be in the history books. Then you have all these other people that you may not know and they used their strengths and their privilege to advocate in different ways. So for example, when you look at the civil rights movement and you look at pictures, you see all these pictures of these black bodies, adults and teenagers marching in streets. No one ever talks about the one woman on the corner who's marching, who may or may not have like a four-year-old at home. So if she's marching on the street, And she's next to her husband, who's watching the kid? And no one ever has those questions. when You look at these pictures, right? You see these pictures of like millions of people and no one's like, so who's watching like their children? Because I promise you, it wasn't like all these people were childless, right? So who took the dog out when you were in jail? And (laughs) so you have these people behind the scenes that are literally watching these people's children as they risk their lives for the future of their children. You have people who are making food for these people while they continue to travel around the country or the world for their advocacy freedom fight. You have the people that are literally behind the scenes, you know, raising money to get you out of jail. And so I think advocacy, like in that situation, comes in different forms. And it's really about what type of advocacy can I bring to this corporate room right now to help you. And sometimes that is calling the person out who said something very inappropriate in the middle of a meeting. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that is not calling them out directly. Um, but then after the meeting, pulling them aside and saying, Hey, so I'm thinking we're going to actually go with this direction. Sometimes that's actually pulling you aside. And so I think that that's always the hard part. Um, it, you know, there's nine ways to skin a cat, as my parents and ancestors used to continue to always say. And the real question is, which way can I use in this moment to have the best effect? And that effect is to make sure that you get what you need and what you deserve, but also there's not a lot of bloodshed. Right. I've seen a lot of times in corporate spaces, especially now with Twitter and Instagram and like, this, this, this woke narrative, which I really don't like, because I don't think that people are woke now. I think people are just like, I just don't want to be treated like this anymore. So I'm not, (laughs) Um, I, I tap out. Um, I think that we see these people who are becoming freedom fighters and I love that. And they're just screaming all the time. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, screaming's great. Don't get it twisted. I love a good megaphone y'all, you know, but sometimes there are more strategic ways to get what you need done in this moment and to right. have less negative effects on the person that you're freedom fighting for.
0: Absolutely. I love I love the way you framed that because we do we see a lot of screaming, right? There's and there's a lot to scream about right now. There's yeah, there's yeah. like no doubt there is a lot to scream about. But when we can kind of sit down and have calm, authentic, genuine conversations and, and problem solve and, and figure out next steps we're likely going to accomplish more. Um, yeah. And, and I think
1: like know your role. So fun fact, yeah. I I just watched a documentary called the James. And by the way, I highly recommend this because uh, I just never knew that this existed. So in the late sixties, early seventies, we're talking about pre Roe versus Wade. In order for Roe versus Wade to happen, we had a lot of people screaming, yelling, lobbying, which by the way, is fantastic. And what happened, this group of women in Chicago who were screaming, yelling, and fighting one day went to one of their freedom fighting meetings about women's rights and women's rights to their body and et cetera. And at the end, they were like, so we can continue marching or we could just help each other. And they started a network called the Janes. They wanted a, as they called it, a very plain and easy name. Where they were actually figuring out how to under the table give abortions to women who need it, mm-hmm. so they decided we're not going to go, we're not going to go on the walk, we're not going to um continue screaming, but we want y'all to continue doing that. Don't stop because we actually do need legislation changes. Right, so we're going to literally start an underground network with doctors with mm-hmm. um, drivers to help women get access to health care, even yep. though it is illegal. Yep. They did this for seven years. Did it so well that the hospitals in Chicago knew they were doing it. So mm-hmm. you'd have a woman come to the hospital and say, I need this type of health care that is illegal. And the doctor would close the door. A man, many white men would close the door and say, I cannot legally give that to you, but call this number. Yep. That's crazy. Like we, we don't talk about that. And I, I just found out a few weeks ago and I was like, this really happened. And between in seven years, they helped over 11,000 women. Wow. So let's talk wow. about that. So like, think about that. You're currently in a situation and you're screaming and you're walking and you're fighting and you're on billboards. And I'm not saying that advocacy is not important. That advocacy actually changed the law, law. So then Mm -hmm. therefore what these women were doing was no longer illegal. That's important. But the system about seven to 10 women decided that's not the kind of advocacy I want to do. I'm going to do it this way. And look, they changed 11,000 plus women's lives. And so that's what I mean is that not everybody's advocacy is your flavor, but that doesn't mean that you can't find your flavor and do it well. Because right. we need all the flavors, we need the whole ice cream buffet of flavors.
0: <laughs> so pick a flavor and kill it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, I love it. And now I have a documentary to go watch. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna recommend it. Gonna it was go it was go two hours. find that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a great yes. two hours. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. So Lexi, our listeners can find you on your website, Lexi B. It's L-E-X-I-B.com, or on Twitter and Instagram at Lexi B Speaks. Go follow Lexi, go be inspired by Lexi. She's doing incredible things. You also, you have a a community. How do people tap into your community? Yeah, so Sister Circle Black Women
1: in Tech, which is a community of over 14,000 women around the world, um, you can just go to our website at www.sistercirclebwit.com. Um, if you are a Black woman and want to join the community, go for it. If you do not identify as a Black woman but want to support the community, if you go to the website, you can actually um, add your professional opportunities to our newly launched weekly newsletter. Um, and that can be jobs that can be speaking engagements that can be scholarships, whatever, however you define opportunity, add it there to make sure that our members, um, get to see it and view it and apply for
0: it. Amazing. You're doing incredible things. We love you. We love what you're doing. Thank you for being here to share your message with us today. As we wrap up any final words or wisdom you want to share with our listeners? No, just be a freedom fighter, figure out what that means. Hit me up if you need
1: to learn what that means. Um, and just continue to figure out how you can help people
0: in small or big ways. Yes. Love it. Well, Lexi, thank you for being here today to our listeners. Thank you as always for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this, this conversation with Lexi B. Um, Definitely go find her on Instagram, Twitter, on her website, go follow her, be inspired. I I truly love everything that she shares and, and supports. So it's, it's well worth it. Thanks again for tuning in today and we will see you back here again next week for another episode. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Unlimited Horizons, a podcast hosted by the International Association of Women. If you would like more information about our community, visit our website at www.iawomen.com.